If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mark and Sarah talk about Oh my God. Welcome back, everyone, to the Sweet 16 of the March Mastis Tournament to determine the all-time best teen idol. I am so glad to be here. I am your host, Mark Blankenship, and with me, as ever, is the crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thank you so much. I think that's your best one yet. (laughs) I made it up myself. Don't Google it. (laughs) And we are so happy to be joined again in this round of the tournament by our patrons. Now on three patrons, I want to give you the chance to just make all the noise so we can let the folks at home get in on the party. Three, two, one. Yes. So for those of you who are just joining us, I wanted to let you know that the people you're hearing tonight are part of our wonderful community of Patreon patrons. And we thank them so much. Uh, Even those of you who are not able to join us in the room tonight, we thank you so much for being patrons. If you would like to be a patron of this podcast, you can join us at patreon.com slash Mastis. And I also want to remind you that if you would like to vote in any future rounds of this tournament, you also can just go to patreon.com slash Mastis, M-A-S-T-A-S. You do not need to be a patron to vote in the polls. They are open to all, but we sure would love to have you. And I think that everyone who's in this room right now can agree being part of the the Patreon community means you get to do some weird stuff. (laughs) Sarah, speaking of weird stuff, uh, what about the the results that we're going to be looking at tonight as we talk through the sweet 16 of our teen idols? Um, There were some disappointments. Uh, There were some surprises. There were some just like there was some weird stuff. Um, As the tournament goes on, it gets more and more difficult for me to choose between the uh, opponents. And I I think we're really we're really getting into the the difficulty now we're really getting into like how are you voting are you voting on merit or are you voting on um teen idol brief are you voting on what they would look like in briefs there's there are a lot of questions we all have to search our souls and then we have to vote so mark i guess we should start talking about these matchups and also um reveal the um the answer to the bobby sherman question <laughs> yes okay so that comes up right away in the bop division we have moving forward in the shangri-la's or shangri's law as you've been saying versus hillary duff we have the shangri-la's moving ahead again 
Sarah. That means a undercard 16th seed group has now made it to the Sweet 16. Have you ever seen such a thing? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, yeah look the um my rankings apparently i i feel like my rankings um juju was much stronger last year than it apparently is here um so but I, i'm also fine with it like for all the reasons that you gave before the round of 64 this is a you know perfectly cromulent set of teen idols so i'm okay with it um this is not the 16th seed that I thought would be proceeding. Oh uh, yeah, we'll get to that. We sure will. Now in the next matchup, we had Bobby Sherman versus Aaliyah. And for the entire time that the polls were open, they just kept being tied. They were tied at 61 votes. They were tied at 74 votes. And at the end of the day, when the polls closed, they were tied again. And because Sarah had voted as, um, through the Patreon account of another one of her podcasts, that left me, Mark Blankenship, as the Kamala Harris in this vote. I was the deciding factor. And I, in the contest between Bobby Sherman and Aaliyah, ultimately felt that I was gonna go by the brief and not my own musical tastes. And Bobby Sherman is a true quintessential teen idol. And therefore I have decided that Bobby Sherman is moving forward into the Sweet 16. So half of you, oh, I can see some people pumping their fists. I can see some people waving their hands. Now, Mariah, I saw you getting pumped. Do you want to talk a little bit about why that feels like a good a good move for old Bobby Sherms? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it has a lot to do with what we were talking about last week and that Bobby Sherman is the quintessential teen idol i mean especially since ricky nelson got booted so quickly last week which i'm not <laughs> mad about but like it's you i feel as though there needs to be a representative from both the female and the male side and so you currently have the shangri's law and then with bobby sherman you have somebody who managed to transcend a bunch of different genres mm -hmm. and the fact that he still i think it's I think it's a sentimental favorite for me too, because my parents love Bobby Sherman, my mom in particular. Like, I think he was a lot of moms, a lot of our moms, seminal high school crushes, like one of right, the as it were, I had in their rooms. Um, and uh, and also, I I have never heard him being like imbued in a scandal or like having bad, um, like being a Nazi sympathizer or anything like that. So <laughs> he's kind of uh, he's sort of above reproach um and nothing against Aaliyah but I also don't I don't know if Aaliyah ever embodied ever embodied being like an actual teen idol I mean she certainly is a tragic fallen performer she was incredibly talented but I don't I don't know I guess I just don't I didn't see her as as you said Mark she doesn't follow the brief to the letter the way Bobby Sherman does. But I have to say, I'm very pleasantly surprised you went with Bobby Sherman, Mark, because I, yeah. I know how you feel about a strong female singer. So, or in this case, a perfectly adequate female singer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I surprised myself, I have to say. And uh, Jenny, if you feel comfortable, I'd love to have you come on mic and explain the a statistic that you just realized. Okay, well, <clears throat> I was looking at the results this afternoon and being like in hot anticipation of finding <laughs> out the result. And as I said in the chat, I voted Leah, but then I noticed that if Bobby Sherman were to win, like I had written this down, then- Her people. 
From the 60s, we have... Oh, wait, let's not say their names yet, but let's not say their names yet, but just uh, what's the general stat that you know? Basically, the general stat is that there's four people from the 60s, four from the 70s, four from the 80s, and four from the 90s. Mm. And um, you have to fudge a little bit on, like, who's from the 60s and who's from the 70s, but in general, you can do it. You can categorize them that way. Well, look at what a perfectly balanced meal, Sarah. But yeah, no I have a feeling that um, yeah, the '70s food group is maybe about to um, t- take a licking, as it were, in the upcoming round. But I guess we'll see. I, you know, I think a lot of things, and 75% of the time this year, I'm wrong. Well, before we go further, I do want to take a moment because honestly, I didn't know any Bobby Sherman songs until we got into this tournament, and the reason I made the choice that I did is I did a lot of research on him. And I wanted to just play a clip from a song that I believe Suli has been referencing. Uh, uh, this is a number five hit for Bobby Sher- Sherman called Julie, Do You Love Me? So here's a little taste of what made Bobby Sherman so, so famous there for a while. Okay, so Sarah, what's your what's your gut telling you about the Shangri-Las versus uh, Bobby Sherman? The, I think the Shangri-Las continue moving forward. Um, Bobby Sherman barely got out of the last round. Right. And I think that this is um, Suli, rhymes with Julie, accepted. I think this is maybe some of our first contact with Bobby Sherman's music. Versus Bobby Sherman shirtless wearing love beads, which I feel like I've seen a lot of, especially in the last couple of days. Thank you, Mark, official Bobby Sherman shirtless archivist of early March 2021. Um, Yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be like a route or anything, but I think the Shangri-Las are going to move on. Because I, th- I think, you know, confronted by this choice, equal, both equally valid, people are going to be like, well, but th- like the Shangri-Las have come so far and they're underdogs. And I think, you know, they've got that underdog m- mo. Yeah, I feel That's that- my feeling. I think the Sweet 16 is a great place for Bobby Sherman to land because it really does speak to his uh, bona fides. But now I'm going to go back to leader of the pack is a bomb mm. song. And I'm definitely yeah. seeing some people apologizing in the comments to Suli that anyone ever sang that song to him. So yeah, I can feel that. Now, moving on in the Sweet 16, Sarah, oh. in the in the contest of the Partridge, um, in the contest of the Partridge family versus Criss Cross, the Partridge family sailed right through. And in the contest of my beloved Jets versus Backstreet Boys, unsurprisingly, Backstreet Boys sailed right through. But what that means is that now in the Sweet 16, we have the Partridge family versus Backstreet Boys. How are you coping with this emotionally? Uh, I'm not coping with this emotionally. Um, you, What is your prediction for this? Okay. I see that someone has just changed their name to O-Town Torchbearer, which must be Judy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll um, get to that. What is my prediction for Backstreet Boys versus Partridge Family? I think 
because Jenny made a good point a second ago that there's really no one here who is 2000s or later, except a little bit kind of the Backstreet Boys, just barely. And right. I feel like the fact that they are the, among the newer groups here, I think that actually might win them some sway because they frankly have just had more recent hits uh, because also they had Don't Go Breaking My Heart, which was a song that just came out, you know, not that long ago. So and, good. And at the end of the day, they have more hits. So I think looking at this, um, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if the Partridge family moves on, but I feel like the Backstreet Boys are going to take it. Um, does anyone I have? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, I think that like David Cassidy was such a gigantic fan mag dominator of his day, but that day was a long time ago. And I think, uh, you know, in theory, like Backstreet wasn't even the dominant force against NSYNC. Mm -hmm. But in this tournament, like NSYNC's been out. So <laughs> I think that because you have a band versus like, I know the Partridge family is a band, but it's not like anyone is like standing Tracy or whatever. So was that her, even her name? <laughs> there are a lot of Danny Bonaducci yeah. fans named Danny I, Bonaducci. Oh God, the douche. I actually have... um. Bonaducci stained glass craft fair art in my office that Tara's sister bought me in Canada. Um, but I think the band factor and the recency factor, you're right. That's an excellent point. I don't think it's a trouncing, but I do think Backstreet wins. Yeah. Uh, Dawn points out that she thinks that logic is on the Backstreet Boys side, but her heart is going to have to vote here. And Mariah says, but does, does Backstreet Boys have a dope-ass lunchbox complete with a tour bus-shaped thermos? They're, probably not. Um, now, yeah. Adam, I see that you have Where's a comment. Pain? Adam, I see that you have a comment on this particular matchup. I, I wish I could remember where it was, but there was an amazing headline around the election that was Backstreet's back, alt-right. <laughs> several of them were being terrible. That said, I want it that way as a perfect song. It is. And I just can't not vote for them. Uh, Brittany has said in the chat, now they can't win. No, but I think they have to. I'm also realizing like I am the weirdest age for all of this because I'm too young for the Partridge family. I guess I'm like technically like new kids age, but like not really, like I didn't care. And I'm too young for Backstreet and, or too old for Backstreet and, and, in sync but like that's that's where it got me like even though i was like in my 20s into 30s when that all happened like like those are the ones that i'm rooting for is like backstreet and sync britney christina because those songs are all like perfect and i can't i can't root against them i just can't it's tough i do love the monkeys i'll root <laughs> for the monkeys though they're way before my time but like thanks to tv like they were on and reruns constantly yeah, and I think that there, to me, I, I, at the end of the day, like I have said many times, I'm just going to have to go back to the songs. But Sarah, speaking of the songs, before we move on to our second division, I think it might be a great time now to take a brief pause from our tournament business and look instead into the crystal ball of pop chart astrology. What do you think? I absolutely concur. 
Okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, pop chart astrology refers to the fact that if I know a song that was number one on a particular date in your life that was important, I can use that number one song to extrapolate the destiny of your success. And Camille, who is in the room tonight, has asked us to do a pop chart astrology reading for her. She got that reading as part of her prize pack for her level of support at Patreon. But you don't have to be supporting us on Patreon to get a pop chart astrology reading. You can also email us at Talk about songs at gmail.com to find out how to get one of your own. But again, that's how Camille came to us today with a request that I do a pop chart reading for October 11th, 2020, which is the date of Camille's first half marathon. She wants to know how it might impact the future of her running. And she doesn't want to quite say her running career, but it's a hobby that has become very important to her. And I love that. You know, the charts have so many things to tell us about so many aspects of our lives. And athleticism is certainly one. Well, Camille, I want you to know that the song that was number one on the day that you ran your first half marathon was none other than Savage Love by Jason Derulo, Josh365, and BTS, late of this very tournament. Uh, before we go any further into talking about that, why don't we take a minute to listen to a little clip? Now, the provenance of this song is very interesting. Its full title is Savage Love, parentheses, laxed hyphen siren beat, because Josh365, a New Zealand teenager, created that beat and released it on the internet, and it became part of a viral TikTok craze. Then Jason Derulo took the beat and wrote this song around it, and he ultimately had to give credit to Josh365, both as an artist and in the song title. So you've got this weird sort of Frankenstein monster title and artist credit. But you know what? It worked out because Jason Derulo had not had a number one song since his debut single, Whatcha Say, reached number one in 2008. And now suddenly here he was in 2020 with another hit. And also Josh365 became the first Maori New Zealander to have a number one hit or really a hit of any kind in the United States. But the song wasn't going to go to number one unless something was done at the end of its chart run to boost up its popularity. So that is why in the version of the song that hit number one, BTS was also added to do a group verse. So you really have corporate level strategy creating a pop hit. Uh, because, But if those things wouldn't have happened, though. Those last pushes wouldn't have happened if the core of the song had not already been popular. So people just knew what to do with the gift they'd been given by this thing that was popular. So Camille, how does this relate to your running career? Well, for one thing, I want to point out that Jason Derulo is someone who came back from a certain type of obscurity and found this new type of fame. And so what I think that says for me here is that you're probably going to have moments in your work as, uh, as you're training to run where you're going to feel like the best is behind you. You cannot believe that the best is behind you. The thing is, you just need to start looking for new forms of inspiration because obviously running and any kind of great exercise involves a lot of plateaus. So if you start to feel that way, look for your 
New Zealand teenager who can be like your new level of inspiration. And you're going to probably get to a point where even then you're like, oh God, I'm so close. So that is the point where a new, a, a type of collaboration is going to be really important. So you find your Josh 365, but then what's your BTS? What's that last thing that you think you're going to need? And it might come from somewhere that doesn't make any sense, but you just have to stay open to continuing to be inspired, even when you think that your best days might be behind you. And that's going to bring you a lot of success. Camille, I hope that you have enjoyed this pop chart reading. It's sure been a lot of fun to do it for you. And Sarah, now I think it's time to go on to the dynamite division. Uh, I was hoping that that would drag out a little longer so that I could actually make a decision in the next matchup. But uh, yeah, <laughs> let's move along, I suppose. So, Sarah, in the round of 32, we had One Direction versus New Edition. And now moving on to the Sweet 16, it's none other than New Edition, y'all. And that means, among other things, that one of our fabulous listeners, Stephanie, has promised us, Sarah, last week that if New Edition made it forward, that she would do the If It Isn't Love dance. And because we haven't yet heard from New Edition in this tournament, I did clip a New Edition song. And what do you know? I happened to clip a little bit of If It Isn't Love. How funny. So um, for those of you who are not able to watch, we're just going to try, you're just going to have to believe us when we tell you that Stephanie is about to give us our lives. Sarah, are you ready? Uh, I think so. Stephanie, okay. are you ready? We'll see. <laughs> this is New Edition's last top 10 hit from their uh, boy band iteration. This was a song that also was created by um, the guys who helped create almost all of Janet Jackson's hits. Um, I have just blanked on their names. I'm Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis helped bring us this new edition clip. Here is If It Isn't Love. Yes, Stephanie. Yes. I mean, yes. I feel like I went back in time and in the best possible way back to uh, being in my room with my princess phone and listening to this on the radio and taping it off the radio. Oh, now it's a really good song. It's a dope new Jack swing hit. I just, even that little clip is so good. Now up against new edition in the sweet 16, uh, in the round of 32, we had Christina Aguilera versus Mandy Moore and Christina Aguilera trounced Mandy Moore. So Christina versus New Edition, Sarah. I have, I'm getting palpitations just thinking about what to do. I, I mean, I, I really am baffled by the fact that Xtina is still here, frankly. Mm. Like, nothing against her, but we have talked in her, uh, in episodes about her, about the fact that I'm, I sort of like don't connect with her instrument. Um, and, you know, she has a beautiful instrument. I think she's a hard worker, blah, blah, blah. I, I feel like she's not actually a teen idol. And look, the people have spoken. I respect the democratic process. And I will attend New Edition's inauguration um, because I think, it's, I think it's New Edition here. I think that if they've gotten this far, that they are much more like, I think that 
I just get that sense helped along by Stephanie's dance granted, but I just get much more of that sense of being a teenager or like a tween myself and the feelings that their songs evoked at that time. And Christina Aguilera is like, like our, the, the um, Rose Never Cross for me. So that's just me. Um, so I would vote for New Edition and I think they win. What do you think happens? So I've been thinking a lot about your um, feeling that Christina is not a teen idol. And I think I have for myself answered why it feels that way because I agree with you. And I think it's because Christina Aguilera's most lasting songs came after she had already transitioned out of the teen innocence phase and into the more adult sexuality phase. Yeah. So like Beautiful and the remake of Lady Marmalade, those were all of the works of a teenager who had been on the Mickey Mouse Club, had done the Mulan soundtrack, but now was coming into her own as an adult. Whereas New Edition, Cool It Now, Telephone Man, If It Isn't Love, those are all boys singing about the innocent emotions that boys feel. And mm -hmm. that coupled with the fact that the song that we just heard really made me very, very happy, just in a deep cellular way, makes me think that it's probably gonna be new edition going forward. And if that is the case, I'm all for it. Now, if Christina goes ahead, I get it, fine, word. But I, I do think it's gonna be new edition this time. Um, if Christina does move ahead, then I'm just going to stop making predictions at all, because clearly <laughs> I, who ranked all of these people, have completely mis misapprehended the entire concept. So <laughs> guess we'll see if I still have a job next week. Um, so Stephanie would just like to note that they all seemed innocent, except when Bobby Brown was giving everyone in, Dor in Dorchester the clap. <laughs> I'd just like to salute Stephanie for using the term the collab. That's right. And we really are going back in time in all kinds of ways. Really and Jeff, Jeff notes that Christina smartly understood that she wasn't going to be anything other than Britney's shadow unless she chose a different lane and she sure mm. did. So I, but like you said, if Christina moves forward, you will, you will just um, journey into the West. <laughs> Yeah, like if this were a Divas tournament, I'll journey into the West, seriously. Uh, if this were a Divas tournament, like I have no kick. We haven't used that phrase in a while. With Christina Aguilera, I really don't. Um, but I just, it, like in this particular context, I'm kind of like, her? Yeah, like, I feel there's you. There's no doubt that she could sing I'm and that she's been around for a while. Um, her, you know, longevity, like she makes smart decisions. I think as a um, singer and creator here against New Edition, no, no. Yep, I think that we're, I think we're in accord there. Mm. Now, oh, Sarah. Oh, fuck. God, help us all. Okay, so the lowest vote getter in the entire round of 32 was the high school musical cast. <laughs> they got fewer than 10 votes oh. and they, they won the round of 64. It's not like there was no support for them, but they got obliterated by Das Monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> and, Das Monkeys. Yeah. The, the monkeys are strolling forward in high, high esteem. And I will say that in the battle of Tiffany versus Take That, it was also no contest. Tiffany absolutely blew Take That out of the water. So that brings us now to the monkeys versus Tiffany. Uh, uh, Ron, I see that you've got your hand up. So if you would like to share some monkeys versus Tiffany thoughts, we would love to hear them. 
Sure. Uh, yeah. So I think this is going to be another landslide for the monkeys. Mm. In my opinion, it's their tournament to lose. Um, but I think over the first two rounds, they've had, I haven't done the math, but I think they've had the highest margin of victory in the first two rounds, just decimating in both rounds. Mm. Um, so not only were they, were they be. dominant in the round of 32, they were also dominant in the round of 64. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Sarah, how are you feeling about that? Um, I, you probably can't see this. I am wearing, um, electric blue eyeliner and mascara oh. to honor my, uh, my mall, um, star spirit, Tiffany, but, um, as much as I hate this, I would have to vote for the monkeys. And I, I don't think it's close either because here's the thing. I think they have multi-generational appeal. I think the fact that they came up on MTV in the eighties, and then I think they showed up on TV land and they have seriously like a thousand songs that you're like, Oh yeah, that one. And that's not even counting the ones that you never heard of that. You're like, Oh yeah, that shit's right. pretty good. They can really play. Tiffany is less accomplished uh, look, I I love her and I related strongly to her and I am from New Jersey and anyone who was like, let's go to the mall and try to work this shit out like you have my everlasting <laughs> respect, but it's the monkeys. I think we're done here with Tiffany. I'm so sorry. I'm still wearing the eyeliner. I think that, as I said about Bobby Sherman, the Sweet 16 is a perfect place for this to land, for Tiffany to land. It, I, it correctly identifies her excellence as a teen idol, but the monkeys are the monkeys. And we've heard about them mm -hmm. actually from multiple people tonight. They, Adam pointed out that they have the TV show. Ron is noting that they're statistically doing quite well. And Sarah, I'm going to agree with Ron. I think that we might be seeing a monkeys, certainly in the finals, if not a monkeys championship. Uh, Ron has some monkey chart facts that he would like to share as oh. well. Bring them on, sir. Yes, please. I knew you would like it. So they they still hold the record with the uh, four albums that hit number one in a single year, <gasps> like a calendar year. Calendar year. Yep. In in nineteen sixty-seven. Um. And then in between sixty-six and sixty-seven, their first two albums were at number one for thirty-one consecutive weeks. Wow, which is insane. And then this one blew me away. So their second album, More, More of the Monkeys, which came out in 67. Uh, and this is after the Beatles have been around for four years. That album was the first pop or rock album to be the best-selling album of the year. Uh, whoa, the Monkeys did it, yes. not the Beatles. Yep. Hmm. And that's the year Sgt. Peppers came out. Well, I'll be damned. See, yeah. that's, that's that good shit. And Michelle would like mm -hmm. to also note that, surprisingly, of the two options, only a monkey guest starred on My Two Dads. So, I mean, case rested, Sarah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so moving on to the Tiger Beat division. Sarah, the, the grueling choices don't stop coming. <laughs> no, they, they don't. Okay, so I thought that we were going to see the Spice Girls in the Sweet 16. I really did. But yes, did I. when it all came down, the Spice Girls fell to Ms. Deborah Gibson. It wasn't particularly close, eh? It was not close. Debbie yeah. Debbie went ahead and took him to town. She said zig a zig, uh-uh. <laughs> zig a zig, nah. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. So anytime. We've got we've got 
Debbie Gibson. And then in the Jackson 5 versus O-Town contest, it was no contest at all. Jackson 5 sent O-Town back into H-Town, which is hell, I guess. The point is, O-Town lost. So now we've got Debbie Gibson versus the Jackson 5. I I do not enjoy that this is so. (laughs) Um, I also... Uh, whatever like i've said what i'm gonna say about debbie gibson like in your eyes i I think lost in your eyes you mean yeah whatever in your eyes is peter gabriel (laughs) pedantry yeah i mean that that song could go too because it's overplayed but uh, lost in your eyes i just feel like it was so ubiquitous and unavoidable and sort of like echoing through and out of every actually mall store and hallway I like there's something about her actual literal voice that is not enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I acknowledge her wunderkind accomplishments. Absolutely. I'm sure she's a nice person. I'm not going to cross the street to kick her in the shins or anything. And the Jackson five are a lot of problematic, but I never can say goodbye to them. Uh, I think that, they meet the brief a little better. Once again, we have like a whole group. Surely there's someone in this group that we can still feel kind of good about. Um, And I just think they have more songs. They have better songs. They are more teen idly versus like just being teens who are super good at writing pop songs. And I just straight up don't care for Debbie Gibson and never have, which is that's me. I think the Jackson five win, but I don't know. Cause Debbie Gibson has been stomping them all big and small, all tournament. And I didn't think that was going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I love Debbie Gibson's music, as I have said so loudly on this show. And I am also just going to acknowledge the array of Debbie Gibson comments that I'm seeing the pro Debs. Kelly used to sing Debs, Debbie in the shower when she was 12 Stephanie remembers when Newsday covered her high school graduation. Um, There was, uh, wait, there was a really good one up here. Uh, Jenny notes that Lost in Your Eyes was in Welcome to the Dollhouse. Jessica still has her album on vinyl. Uh, uh, Susan says that she read Debbie's Wikipedia page this week to try to understand her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she does have some impressive chart facts. Now, she really does. She is an impressive person. Um... But yeah, I think it just hit at that particular time when she was like everywhere on the radio and I was always listening to the radio that I was like, can, can this be done? And then it just kept not being done. Yeah. Th- and so then it was all- new kids. And I was like, oh, careful what you wish, wish for. But all of that said, we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. All of that said, I probably would vote for the Jackson 5 here, despite my avowed love of Debbie Gibson, because those four... The first four Jackson 5 singles were I Want You Back, ABC, The Love You Save, and I'll Be There. So that's a that's a poo-poo platter of joy right there mm-hmm. being served up. And I, it's hard to think of another act that has had four better opening singles in their career. Songs that if you were to hear any one of them right now, every at least 85% of the people within hearing distance would be like, oh yeah, that's my shit. And I think that while I love Debbie Gibson, I appreciate that my love of Debbie Gibson is a bit more niche. And I think that the strength of the Jackson 5 music actually is much more universal. And because mm-hmm. all of this 
music was made before Michael became what he became, it's easier for me to be like, yes, this is fine. So I'm yeah. going to predict that the Jackson 5 move forward to the Elite 8. I think that's right. Now, I do want to acknowledge that Judy says that she doesn't even look good in hats, but she's rocked a Debbie Gibson hat more than once in her life. And so there we go. Um, Dawn also notes that while she might not admit it, she probably would vote for Debbie Gibbs, uh, the Jackson 5. Um, now, next, Sarah, I believe you have a clip for this next matchup. Uh, in the Bay City Rollers versus 98 Degrees contest last week, the Bay City Rollers steamrolled 98 Degrees. Yeah. Uh, the 98 degrees is now whatever temperature you, are, temperature you are when you're dead. And Britney Spears looked at Sean Cassidy and said, no, thank you, sir. And she decimated him as well. So now we have the Bay City Rollers versus Britney Spears. Um, t talk to me about that, Sarah. Um, yeah, Britney is going to win this handily. I am absolutely with that. And here is why. Could you please play the clip? This is their most popular song, at least in the States. Um, yes. Number one hit in America. I went through their back catalog trying to find like a lost classic. That's like, maybe this explains why everybody had just like this cultural boner for the boners of the Bay City Rollers. I was unable to find anything. So I just clipped this because this is the one that everybody knows them. Like, I, it's not enough. It's not enough. Like, I do have some Britigue <laughs> at this point. It's not her fault. It's just like the documentary and everybody talking about it all the time. But, like, as um, fraught as some of her imaging was at the time, like, these videos are amazing. She looks great. And the songs are fucking bangers. Like, they're medically built in a lab. I, like, I just, I don't think it's close. And I also look at the Bay City Rollers, like, at their faces, which is difficult to do because the eye travels right down. And um, I just, it was a different time <laughs> when people didn't have corrective lenses. Like, I just don't, I, I do not understand it. Like, um, good luck to them, but they're out and I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, bless their, bless their hearts. Yes, bless, I know. Bless their tartan hearts. I mean, God love them. Suli, I see that you have your hand raised. I think you might have something to offer to this debate. Uh, yeah, I just, I feel like that Britney was, I mean, I actually was a teen when she was a teen idol. And I remember very specifically my middle school choir teacher talking about Britney Spears and like to one of the girls being like, honestly, you could be Britney Spears. Like she doesn't have that many good notes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I used to think that was such a knock on her, but now I see that's like the inverse is true. Like 
all of the songs were built in a lab to be perfect and she didn't have to have like she has something else it's not vocal talent like she's she's not bad she's also no like you know she's not going to crank it out she's no Whitney or you know like she doesn't have like this amazing voice but what she does have is a ton of stage presence mm-hmm. and a, like an ability to market herself and ability to just and I mean it's super over apparently like way overbearing parents because you don't get there at that age without that somebody you know shoving you at the back the whole time mm-hmm. but I mean that's unfortunately also part of the like teen idoldom you know like there's got to be a bit, bit of tragedy I feel like you know if they don't die right. or end up strung out or like if if they like go off and run off into the sunset then are they really a teen idol that's a, actually yeah, a, there's not that like behind the music minute 38 thing that happens yeah, like do, I, does it count like right. uh, does anyone hear it so yeah that's a that is a good point now i do want to so, acknowledge yeah. that kit keller is making the point that maybe britney is just too big a cultural force to be considered here and i can see that argument yeah same but I feel like for me, because so much of her Nova fame was built around her teendom, that's why I feel comfortable with her in the tournament. But I will acknowledge it's a valid critique. But Sarah, I agree with you. Goodbye, Bay City Rollers. It mm. is a miracle that you got this far on one hit. And uh, now we will watch you roller skate away and leave your tight-fitting tartan pants for us all to enjoy. Indeed. Um, how... How on earth can I segue from tight-fitting tartan pants to a word from our sponsor? (laughs) Well, the tops of roller skates often look like sneakers. And as the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to snag the pair of sneaks you've been looking for. And roller skates, but I'm not here to talk about that today. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers will be meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators who verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Yes, I kind of want that job. Yes, I also feel protected as a sneaker seller because eBay offers a verified return process and no selling fees on sneakers 100 bucks and up, so it's free to sell or flip your collection. Head to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and selection. Thanks, eBay. And now now our final division. Oh, Sarah. I don't know that it's quite as hard to predict the outcome of our next matchup, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, New Kids on the Block defeated Rick Springfield and moved ahead. And Leaf Garrett defeated Demi Lovato and also moved ahead, which means that we now have New Kids on the Block versus Leaf Garrett. Oof. Yeah, that's that's roof stoof. Um, I Leaf is extremely Leif, excuse me. He like immediately corrects you in the beginning of the behind the music. And I always <laughs> have to think about it like Leif. I think that Leif is very typical of a particular 70s teen idol who had like a lot of cover hits that weren't particularly good, but they were just like a place to park the, a place to like physically position him so that the um, waves of tween desire could hit him from all angles. Right. And it had nothing to do with any actual talent. I don't think he's particularly creative. 
I will always honor his performance as a Soch in the Outsiders, but I'm probably the only one who even remembers that that happened. And there's just something about the broader reach of a band, I think, that there's a little something for every girl or every girlfriend group in New Kids that is not true of Leif. Um, and it's the New Kids. I think they're like the, na- the new plus ultra <laughs> of this. So I think it's New Kids, but I think Leif maybe puts up a fight. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little bit of Leif support, honestly. But by and large, uh, folks are saying, Leif, it's great. Like Adrian says, I love that Leif is still here, but now we say goodbye. Mm. And Leif, Leif support. Who was that? Um, Lee says, it's hard to call, I but I think you. NKOTB takes this one. And Lee, I noticed that your first name and the first initial of your last name actually makes Leif. So maybe maybe are you like your legally required to have a, a bit of a rooting interest in life, Garrett. <laughs> and now now the Leif puns begin, turning over a new Leif. Yes. Leif us alone. This yes. is the new kids take, to lose. Take your Leif, <laughs> Mr. Garrett. Yeah. Now that brings us to our final matchup, uh, which Andy Gibb beat Monica, which means that there will not be a, a Brandy-Monica face-off in this tournament. That's okay. And Brandy did beat Leslie Gore by less than 10 votes, fewer than 10 votes, I should note. Andy Gibb handily beat Monica, Brandy barely beat Leslie Gore. For me, Sarah, that indicates that Andy Gibb will be beating Brandy and moving on to the Elite Eight. I don't know about you. Um, I agree. I'd like to back up that assertion with a clip, if you don't mind. Here we go. This love will shine, girl. Watch it and see. If you give a little more than you're asking for, your love will turn the key. I, I, I just want to be your everything. Open up the heaven in your heart and let me be the things you are to me. You're listening to WMST Moist, Moist FM. Moist FM. Moist all day. Moist all night. <laughs> um, when you are cutting a clip of Andy Gibb, it becomes um, almost painfully apparent just how much Barry did for this guy. Like, it is so Bee Gees, like the arrangement, um, even like if you're watching the video, like even his motions on stage during Solid Gold, which was my first exposure to uncut Gib chest. I mean, this is definitely more a nostalgia thing than a quality thing for me. But the fact is, Barry Gibb was a really good writer and producer. And I would also like to note, although the other uh, BGs are not present, that book Meow by the Tiger Beat Lady has like an extended series of chapters about her pathetic affair with Robin Gibb and how horrendous he was in bed. <laughs> so I recommend the book and I needed to work that in. Um, I don't know why that means that you should vote for Andy Gibb, but I, I think that you should. 
Yeah, I have to say, I, I think that you should as well. And uh, I won't be sorry if he makes it through. Now, I also won't be sorry if Brandy makes it through because Brandy's great. Yeah, I won't. I won't be sorry either. This is like a this is the most chalk and cheese matchup I think we'd have. Like, yes. it's not it's not that difficult. It's just weird. Agreed. Well, y'all, there we are. We've Speaking now reached. Speaking of not things that are not that difficult, they're just weird. Our podcast. We're done recording it. <laughs> well, oh, y'all, we have now come to the end of our Sweet 16 conversation. And I, for one, am very enthusiastic to see who comes out on top and moves God, on to the Elite Eight. Um, I, I feel certain, Sarah, that at least one of these outcomes is going to surprise us. That's just how it's been going. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. Do you... Do you have any um, feeling about what where the upset might be? Okay, if I'm going to look at the bracket, I'm going to say that I think there's a potential upset in Debbie Gibson beating the Jackson Five. Okay, and I, I think, think that right. I think that there is a potential upset in Partridge Family beating Backstreet Boys. I think that I was just going to say I think that that one is actually going to be very hotly contested and i think we're maybe gonna see a lot of like fake patreon names <laughs> like mike hunt at gmail like amanda hug and kiss at yahoo.com yes, exactly ip ip freely at hotmail um and we encourage that it's just supposed to be fun you're supposed to feel strongly about it um certainly we do um and thank you again all of you for your participation this has been really a journey and a roller coaster ride and whoever suggested earlier that i should start predicting terrible things so that they don't happen i'm on it i'm sleeping and right in the middle of a good dream like all at once i wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkandSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, talkaboutsongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. What I'm up against, I don't know what it's all about. I got so much to think about. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.